Good morning. I want to welcome you to worship this morning on this Pentecost Sunday. If you are visiting with us, we are so glad that you have chosen to worship alongside us. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better. And one initial way that we can do that is for you to fill out the welcome card. These cards are located in the pew in front of you. If you would fill one out and place it in the offering plate towards the end of the service today, we would love to reach out to you later this week. We're so glad that you're here, and we hope to get to know you better. On the first Pentecost, Jesus had told the disciples that a comforter, an advocate, would be coming to help them continue to work and minister. But the disciples had no idea what that would look like or when it would come. God's Spirit showed up in a completely unexpected way. Today, God's Spirit continues to show up in new and unexpected ways. May we be open this morning to the movements of the Spirit. Let us prepare to be surprised. As we join together in worship, I would like to invite all of the children to join me in the front for the children's message. Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. How are you? Good. It is Pentecost Sunday today. Who can tell me what the colors of Pentecost are? Josiah. Red. What else? What other colors? Jada. Yellow. Another color? Anyone? Dane? Orange. Great. Yes, we see that on our table today, the red and the yellow, and lots of people are wearing their Pentecost colors as well. Our Bible story this morning is about the very first Pentecost, and I'm going to read our story from the Children of God's Storybook Bible. Okay. This is from Acts 2. The disciples were in Jerusalem. They were all so very excited. They could feel that something wonderful was about to happen. Early one morning, whoosh, a strong wind blew through the room where they were gathered. The house shook. Lights like tongues of fire rested on everyone's head, and they felt the power of God's Holy Spirit inside them. Their hearts filled with love, and they began to talk. But they were talking in different languages, Greek and Latin, Egyptian and even Arabic. At that time, Jerusalem was crowded with visitors from all over the world. When the people heard the noise of the winds, they all hurried to see what had happened. The visitors were amazed to find the disciples speaking in so many different languages. Peter spoke to the crowd. What was prophesied has come true. God has made Jesus both our savior and friend. Through him, God's wonderful dream is coming true. What can we do to realize God's dream, the people cried. Peter said, return to God and be baptized so your sins will be forgiven. You will be given a new life and you too will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people were baptized on that day. So we see the colors of Pentecost in the pages of our story. What did you hear from our story about some of the symbols of Pentecost? Amelia? Mm -hmm. Some of the symbols that we see, it's in the picture. What do we see here? The whoosh. The wind is a symbol of Pentecost. Jada, were you going to say that? What were you going to say? Uh-huh, yeah, the fire is around their head. That's a symbol of Pentecost as well. That's right. We see those colors of Pentecost and the symbols of Pentecost. 
So not only did the Holy Spirit come on that first day of Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit also comes to us today. How do you think the Holy Spirit comes to us today? Maybe. Mm-hmm. We might know the Holy Spirit guiding us when we need help or comforting us when we're sad. Maybe the Holy Spirit reminds us that God is present with us always and helps us to know God better. Okay, so this morning we're celebrating Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as we celebrate and worship, I want to give you streamers to wave in the air. Okay, while we're singing, you can celebrate and wave these, okay? So will you pray with me and then we can all get our streamers. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, thank you for these children. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Senhor Deus e Pai Poderoso, muito obrigado, Senhor, por esse dia, pelo Teu amor, o Teu cuidado para conosco. Obrigada, Senhor, porque Tu mandaste o Teu Filho Jesus para nos salvar. Obrigada, Senhor Deus, por, por todas as bênçãos que o Senhor concede a cada novo dia. Senhor Deus, nós estamos aqui para Te louvar e engrandecer o Teu nome. Se for da Tua vontade, assim, Senhor, recebe o nosso louvor e gratidão. Mais uma vez, obrigada, Senhor, pelo Teu amor e o cuidado conosco. Em nome de Jesus, Teu Filho amado. Amém. Stand on your word, Holy Spirit. 
I can know what God has in store. So open up heaven, open it wide, over your church and over our lives. Holy Spirit, We stand on your word, Holy Spirit, rain down. A reading from the book of Psalms. There is the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals both small and great. There the ships move along, and Leviathan, which you have formed, to sport in it. They all wait for you to give them the food in their due season. You give it to them, they gather it up. You open your hand, they are satisfied with good. You hide your face, they are dismayed. You take away their spirit, they expire and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the Lord be glad in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for him, as for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the, the Lord, Lord, O my, my soul. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord. A reading from the book of Acts of the Apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each, of the, each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. As this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because one of them was hearing them speak in their own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are here speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea, all of you who live in Jeru Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And, and it shall be in the last days, days God, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And, and your sons and your daughters, daughters shall prophesy, 
and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God. Today is a super important Sunday in the church. It's Pentecost. Um, this is also our last Sunday as a church journeying through our Easter people series. Um, and for these students, it is a big day and week and season um, because they will be graduating high school very shortly. Um, so as we celebrate you all, we thought it might be really great to hear how you've been amazed um, by the Holy Spirit during your time at Calvary. Um, so each one of these three has prepared a little something to say, and I think you guys will really enjoy hearing their stories. So Grace, do you want to start us out? Yeah. So I have found God in a lot of amazing ways at Calvary over the years, and in particular with one special person, Wiff Rudd. Um, so I play the trumpet, and Wiff has shown me his gift and has made me feel special, loved, and gifted. I remember the first time we played together on stage, he goes, can we take a picture together? Like, as soon as the service was over. And I thought that was super cool. Like, there is no way that the head of trumpet at Baylor is asking to take my picture. I thought, I thought that was super cool. And later that year, he asked if I could have the opportunity to take lessons with him for my birthday gift. And Wiff has just touched my life. He saw me as this high school girl and developed my love for music, Calvary, and its people. And he's one of the main reasons why I'll be majoring music in college. I've also been touched in many different ways uh, since, I was, since I came to Calvary when I was first five years old, um, from just being a member of the choir, attending Bible studies, retreats, various mission work. I've uh, I felt God's presence in many forms. Um, and a lot of my experiences here at Calvary have shaped me into who I am today. Um, one specific event that I will always hold dear to my heart is the mission trip I took to China, reminding me that Calvary is not just a church in Waco, Texas, but um, part of the um, spirit of Christ, the body of Christ, seeking to um, share the Holy Spirit with others all around the world. 
Um, I came here my freshman year of high school a lot later than a lot of people, but even in these last four years, I've had a lot of great experiences here, just feeling the Holy Spirit through a lot of you guys. But one of my most recent, if you can tell by the crutches, I recently have had a lot of hip problems. And I was really searching for a good doctor, and we really weren't finding what we needed here in Waco. And without even asking, one of the members of this congregation came up to me and suggested a doctor that he had sent many people to for this specific problem that I had. And I was like, whoa, Holy Spirit moment. <laughs> but so I ended up going there, and I actually ended up getting surgery there, and I am on my way to recovery because of this body of Christ. Thank you all for sharing. And Hayden, why don't you go ahead and hop up here, too? Um, I think both myself and Calvary as a whole have been amazed by you. Um, we are so grateful for each one of you. And I hope that we have touched your lives well and we've had meaningful moments with each one of you. But I also want to share that there are so many people in this room who have been touched by you all. Um, and you're an important part, of, important part of our lives. And we give great thanks for you. And we hope that as you journey on, as you go to different schools, different places, you will always remember that this is a place where you are welcome. Whether if your family moves, if heaven forbid we don't see you guys for a while, you can always come back. And you are loved here and you are welcome always. Um, so I'm going to give you guys your Bibles. So one thing that I changed up a little bit this year with the Bibles is it's a journaling Bible, which I think is really cool. And I want you guys to, can you open the name and give that to whoever? Thank you. Um, and I want you guys to really use these. I want you all to write in the margins. I want you to mark them up. And I want you guys to remember this time in your life um, alongside God's word. And I think that's really important. And so let's share one word of blessing with our graduates um, before they have a seat. Creative and creating God. We thank you for Hayden, for Abigail, for Carissa, and for Grace. We thank you for their accomplishments, and we celebrate with them at this time of graduation. God, the Spirit, who is guide and guardian, we pray that they will recognize your guidance in the next stages of their journeys. May your loving protection surround them each step they take. God, our Christ, word made flesh, may they seek to live according to your example. Lives of justice, lives of peace, and lives of joy. Amen. Like a puddle at 
of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you weren't in worship with us last week, I'll just say you were missing out. We had a beautiful parent-child dedication with three of our young families. 
And one of the young children who participated, Matthias, had never been with us in worship before. And little Matthias just could not contain his excitement. He was full of life and energy and lots of wiggles and giggles. Matthias was pretty focused for a while while he was eating a Snickers bar during the first part of the sermon. But I don't think my sermon was captivating enough for him. Because when the Snickers bar was finished and Matthias couldn't contain himself any longer, he started wiggling and giggling until finally he began running a giant lap all around the sanctuary. Now first his mom, Desiree Hilmers, jumped up to chase him, and then Jody Heston popped up behind her. But neither one of them could catch up with little wiggling and giggling Matthias. And in fact, as he rounded the corner right here by the pulpit, three more people in this section, I think, <laughs> jumped up out of their seats to try to catch him as he completed his victory lap around the sanctuary. I told Desiree this morning I thought it was a beautiful picture of what church family does and how we all jump in whenever there is a need. And as Wendy Singletary mentioned to me this week, that's because there's no such thing as other people's children. And I cannot think of a better picture of that than what we experienced together in worship last week. Now, I actually thought about talking to Desiree to see if Matthias wanted to come back to worship today to make another victory lap, because it really would have made for a great Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> Because today is the day we acknowledge that God's Spirit has let loose in the world, and no one can begin to catch it or contain it. No one is quite sure what the Spirit will do or where it will wiggle its way next. Now, if you're not familiar with Pentecost Sunday and aren't sure what the fuss is all about, don't worry. I didn't know much about it either until a few years ago when I joined this church that follows the church calendar. And as I studied, I learned that the word Pentecost actually comes from the Greek word for 50 because Pentecost comes 50 days after Easter Sunday. And so today, on Pentecost Sunday, churches all around the world are celebrating the Holy Spirit coming into our midst. And as we finish our Easter series, we recognize that as Easter people, we are called to follow the Spirit. Now, I should have told the thunder to just hold off just a few minutes because there's going to be this, like, rush of wind, and that would be awesome. <laughs> so we'll see what happens here. <sighs> as Easter people, we are called to follow the Spirit. But just like the struggle last week of catching little Matthias, Following the Spirit isn't as easy as it might sound, and it certainly doesn't leave us sitting in our seats for very long. Today's text in Acts 2 begins with all of the disciples gathered together in the upper room. Just verses earlier, moments before Jesus leaves them, he tells the disciples that soon the Holy Spirit will come upon them, and they will be his witnesses all around the earth. But then, Jesus ascends into heaven, and no one is quite sure what Jesus meant by this, or what might happen next. <laughs> and 
like many of us during times when we are unsure of what is going to happen next, when we can't make a carefully detailed plan, and when we realize that we are so not in control, this time of unknowing leaves the disciples afraid. And like we tend to do when we are afraid, the disciples huddle together. They turn inward. It shouldn't be surprising to us that on the day of Pentecost, the disciples are all huddled together in one place because they're afraid. Pastor Nadia Boltz Weber points out that they actually have reason to be afraid, but perhaps not for the reasons they might think. They were in danger, she says, but the danger they were in as they all sat together in one place was from a God who is about to crash the party and to bring in everyone else they were trying to avoid. Suddenly, a violent rush of wind comes through their entire house. Tongues of fire rest on each of their heads, and they begin to speak to one another in different languages. They really haven't experienced anything like this before. As Nadia describes it, Pentecost was actually a holy pentachaos. Soon the crowd gathers outside and is bewildered because everyone hears someone speaking in their own native language. They are amazed and astonished, asking each other how they can possibly be hearing all of these different languages, all from a group of Galileans. Now you could say that we had our own little pentachaos this week when we all heard different sounds coming from an audio clip that took the internet by storm. According to Wired.com, the whole debacle started when a freshman, Katie Hetzel, at Flowery Branch High School in Georgia had a question about one of her vocabulary words, Laurel. So she looked the word up on vocabulary.com and played the audio. Oh, somebody's already saying it. <laughs> But instead of hearing the word in front of her, the word she expected to hear, she heard something entirely different. She heard yanny. So she began to ask her friends and class what they heard, and although they were listening to the exact same recording, they all heard different things. So she posted the audio clip to her Instagram story, and then another friend republished it as a poll, and then a friend put it on Reddit, thus sparking this whole nationwide debate. Now, one poll I saw reported that 40% of people hear the word yanny, and 60% hear laurel. It was funny, my dad actually told me that he heard yanny with his hearing aids in, and he heard laurel with his hearing aids out. <laughs> Jennifer Caballero told me she didn't hear it either. She heard Jerry. And then Will Heston actually heard Guillerme, which I loved. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun to have our own little pentachaos moment in worship today to see how many of us hear Yanny, how many of us hear Laurel, and how many of us hear something completely. Lots of theories about what we hear and why we hear it, ranging from the quality of the sound device, which frequencies are amplified in the sound, or high, how high or low the bass is, 
a representative from the Voice Perception Laboratory at the University of California, Los Angeles, said this week that the acoustic patterns for the audio clip are actually midway between both of those words. So there are lots of different theories out there, and I'm sure one of them will rise to the top in the days and weeks ahead. And the interesting thing is that people were trying to come up for theories about Pentecost, too. Verse 12 says, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But the only theory they could come up with is that the people who were speaking in all these different languages simply had too much to drink. And as verse 13 says, others sneered and said, oh, they are just filled with new wine. You see, the coming of the Spirit is really unsettling and even threatening to the crowd in the street because they don't understand it. And they are determined to try to figure out what's going on and to try to come up with some kind of logical explanation to put into a box that which they have seen and heard in this place. And perhaps that's what you and I want to do with this text too. But if we get so caught up in the details of trying to figure out where this violent wind is coming from or what in the world a tongue of fire even is, or how all of these people who are from Galilee are suddenly speaking different languages to each other. If we try to come up with a theory for what's going on here, we would be doing the exact opposite of what the story intends to bring about in us. You see, as we read on in Acts 2.15, Peter begins to speak out and says, These people are not drunk. It is nine o'clock in the morning. What you see and hear today means that God's Spirit is here. Peter tells the crowd that the chaos of Pentecost is not an equation to be solved or a theory to be explored. Instead, Pentecost is an invitation to enter into something that we cannot even begin to understand. Pentecost is an invitation to follow the winds of the Spirit, whatever unimaginable direction they may lead us next which, as we said earlier, is so much easier for me to say than for us to actually do. You see, sometimes we refer to the Holy Spirit as our comforter, but the reality is that there is nothing comfortable about following the Spirit. As Pastor David Luce says, yes, the Holy Spirit eases our distress, encourages us, and even comes to us in times of trouble. But everywhere I look in these Pentecost texts, the Holy Spirit is not comforting anyone or anything, but instead is shaking things up. I mean, goodness, he says there's nothing particularly comfortable about the rush of a violent wind, let alone descending tongues of flame. And once the disciples take their new multilingual ability into the streets of Jerusalem, pretty much everyone who witnesses their activity is described as bewildered, amazed, and astonished. The Spirit didn't comfort anyone, but instead prompted the disciples to make a very public scene with the troubling good news that the person the crowds had put to death was alive through the power of God. And the truth is that the same spirit that came at the original Pentecost continues to come to us today, shaking things up through the power of God even 2,000 years later. And so where do you see the spirit shaking things up? 
Or perhaps a better question for us to ask ourselves is, where do we need the Spirit to shake things up that are starting to feel a bit too comfortable or familiar? Or where is the Spirit already shaking things up that we are just not even taking the time to notice? I cannot preach today without taking a moment to pause and to reflect on yet another school shooting that happened this week. This time closer to home at Santa Fe High School, just a few hours south of us. Except when I went to CNN.com yesterday to read the latest updates, not even 24 hours after the shooting, the headlines had already changed from covering this horrible atrocity to saying, a royal wedding like any other. And as much as I love the royal wedding, this quick shift from media attention from what our governor has called one of the most heinous attacks that we've ever seen in the history of Texas schools to a fairy tale wedding halfway across the world was pretty difficult to swallow. Spirit, come and shake us up. When I did more research, I discovered that this is the 22nd U.S. school shooting since the beginning of the year. And friends, it's only May. It's the third instance in eight days in which a gunman was on a school campus. Another article highlighted that this is the deadliest school shooting in America since March. And if the deadliest thing that has happened since in our country only happened a couple months ago, then that's a problem. Spirit, come and shake us up. Ten people were killed in the shooting, including eight students and two teachers. Cynthia Tisdale, substitute teacher, married for 40 years with three children and eight grandchildren. Sabika Shek, a foreign exchange student from Pakistan whose father back home learned of her death on CNN. Ann Perkins, a substitute teacher who was well-loved in the community. Angelique Ramirez, who was described as vivacious, busting at the seams with energy and laughter. Shanna Fisher, Chris Stone, Aaron McLeod, and Kimberly Vaughn, who were all shot and killed in their first period art class. Christian Riley Garcia, who was active in his church youth group. Jared Conrad Black, who celebrated his 17th birthday just two days before the shooting. Spirit, come and shake us up. Friends, I don't know what the Spirit is prompting or prodding us to do, but what I do know is that what we have been doing is not working. It's why I've been meeting with a group of local pastors who have been writing and meeting with our local government officials, urging them that change must happen. It's why several of our children and youth helped to lead out in the March for Our Lives at Heritage Square last month. And it's why we cannot stop. We cannot ever begin to get comfortable with another school shooting. And we cannot be quiet because there's no such thing as other people's children. 
And so I boldly hope and pray that the Spirit will shake us up, Calvary, in a way that is troubling and unsettling and disturbing, and that you and I will have the courage to follow, that we will get up out of our seats, out of our comfort zones, and that we will be willing to follow, even to chase the Holy Spirit, no matter where it might lead us. The spirit really shook things up if you watched the royal wedding yesterday. Reverend Michael Curry, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, gave the wedding homily, and it was one of the best sermons and one of the most beautiful expressions of the gospel that I have ever heard. If you haven't listened to it, it is well worth 13 minutes of your time. The New York Times called it an electrifying and unexpected moment in the midst of what had been a mostly by-the-book British wedding service. And so I thought I would share some of his final words to shake us up here at Calvary on this Pentecost Sunday. Bishop Curry said, Jesus began the most revolutionary moment in human history a movement grounded on the unconditional love of God for the world, and a movement mandating people to live and love, and in so doing to change not only their lives, but the very life of the world itself. Stop and imagine for a moment. Think and imagine a world where love is the way. Imagine our homes and families where love is the way. Imagine our neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine governments and nations where love is the way. Imagine this tired old world where love is the way. When love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive, when love is the way, no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty of room for all God's children. When love is the way, we actually treat each other well like we are actually family. When love is the way, we know that God is the source of us all, and we are all brothers and sisters and children of God. Just like we saw at this first Pentecost, the Spirit is constantly shaking things up, taking twists and turns in the most unexpected, unimaginable directions. And now, as Pentecost people, you and I are called to get up out of our small huddles, to get up out of our seats, out of our comfort zones, and to follow. Friends, this is not easy work. Sometimes it can seem so great and so overwhelming that I'm not even sure where to begin. But as Reverend Curry said yesterday, what I do know is this. And that is, if you and I want to be people and to be a church who dares to follow the Spirit, then by golly, love is the way.
And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would shake us up. Help us to become uncomfortable. Shake us up to become angry and perplexed and challenged and disturbed and lead us forward in the ways that you would have us to go. Lead us forward in the way of love, knowing that love is the only way. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of the kingdom. And it's the way of the Spirit. Help us to be a people who are brave enough to follow with the Spirit and to walk in the way of love. Amen. Well, for the past several weeks, we have been hearing this good news of Easter, that Jesus died and was raised to new life, that we might not only have life, but have it abundantly. Maybe you are ready to become an Easter person, too, a person who boldly and bravely walks in the way of the spirit of love. And there's no better time to do that than today. Or maybe you want to join our community of faith here at Calvary, where we all pop up when there is a need because we are all family, where we follow Jesus together, living as Easter people in the best ways we know how. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however the Spirit leads you to respond, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary ready to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship.
sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burdens to Calvary and suffered and died for the good gift of the Holy Spirit. May we be amazed in this, by the Spirit in our own lives. As on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit rested on the followers of Jesus, let us all open our hearts so that the Holy Spirit may rest on us also. Just as Jesus promised, just as God the Father promised, the Spirit is upon us. The Spirit empowers us to proclaim the good news, releases us, brings us great joy, carries us through mourning, and is with us in both, both praise and despair. God, we are your church, your body on earth, who trust in you, the resurrected Christ, and in the Holy Spirit, here with us now. Amen. As we get ready to share this meal again, I want to remind you that this table is open to all who have made a profession of faith. Any children who have not yet made their profession of faith are welcome to come to the front and receive a blessing. So again, we come to the table to remember how on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
That night, after supper, in the same way, he took the cup and said, Take, drink. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is a table where bread and cup are transformed by the Spirit. They're transformed into a meal of love and a meal of grace, a supper of visions and dreams, and a table where all souls are welcome. On this Pentecost, let us celebrate the spirit of resurrection and the promise of amazement and astonishment in our own lives. Amen. We decided to shake things up a little bit for lunch today, and instead of having lunch downstairs in our fellowship hall, we thought it would be fun for us to go to lunch together in some of the restaurants in our neighborhood. And so you'll see the names of the restaurants and the addresses in your worship folder. You're welcome to go anywhere else, obviously, but we just listed a few, and we will also have deacons at each of these four restaurants. So even if you're going by yourself, there will be a group there that you can enjoy lunch with. And so I'm just going to point out some of our deacons so that if you're new or don't know everybody, that you know some a familiar face at each restaurant. And so Ed and Carla Davis will be at El Charo Tapatio. There's Ed in the middle. Rachel and Blake Kent will be at Garibaldi's on Brook Circle. And they may have just, you know, yep, there we go. <laughs> Harrison and Allie DeHay will be at Ranchito. And Kristen and Emmett Drumgoal will, and there's, yep, will be in the back. They'll be at Rufy's Cocina on 25th. And so we would love for you to join us for lunch at one of our local restaurants today. Also, as you're leaving, we'd love for you to write notes for our graduating students who will be graduating from high school. And Allie has bags in the back where you can drop a note on your way out today. And if the youth or parents are coming tonight, they could also bring a note with them tonight for the senior dinner. Um, and also, don't forget that sign-ups are still going on for Children's Bible Club and the Welcome Center. And I know Emily would love to talk to you about how you can be involved in that. Well, please stand and join me in this benediction. Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment, and comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you, may Christ's mercy astound you, and may the Spirit abound in you, so that you live in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen.